Hey everyone, this is Josh Sanchez, host of the Swoop Radio podcast on Anchor.fm, a sports podcast that focuses on the NBA, MLB, NHL, and the NFL, as well as the college game. What Swoop Radio does is he gives up-to-date information on what's going on with all the leagues and the college game, and also puts his little twist on it and his opinions on it. But if you guys have any disagreements or agree with a point with what Josh is saying, feel free to call into the station at Anchor Voice Messages, and you guys might even be put on a future episode. But you can check out Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and many other listening platforms. All you have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. You can also check out Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on Instagram at swoop radio underscore that is swoop radio underscore i hope you guys enjoy the podcast Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the newest edition of the Swoop Radio Station here. It's your boy, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special Laker fan and and my friend from college, Matt. Real quick, Matt, introduce yourself and talk about and tell the audience what you like to do. All right, I'm Matthew. Um, I'm actually a photographer, so I have my own Instagram page. Uh, It's at Visuals by the Goat. Um, and I'm at Cabrini for, I'm learning about mostly like social media and communication stuff. Okay. Okay. So now I know, obviously we know how Cabrini is and stuff before we get into some Kobe talk and stuff. I know you were uh, working on a movie, uh, contention and stuff. Um, just tell everybody real quick, like the process and, and how like that went. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause I mean, I'm not gonna lie for like the first ever like movie and stuff. It was really good first movie. So thank you. Um, yeah, so it was, uh, I'm trying to think. The crew was, there was like four people on crew. The rest were cast. Um, it was my first time acting in anything. Um, so I was I was eager, but a little nervous because, you know, I can get nervous sometimes. And also also had to do it memorizing a lot of lines because my, my, my character was uh, pretty important. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It was exciting. I was really working hard and trying to memorize all my lines. And then once we started going, it, it kind of flowed pretty well. Um, I mean, one of the scenes was one of my favorite scenes is um, we go to a graveyard um, Mm -hmm. and it's it's, it's really cold, but it was just really, it brought more to the scene because of the depth of how much it meant to the characters and all that. But it was was a lot of fun to do. It was a great experience. And I mean, a lot of people really liked it at Cabrini. Yeah, so for you guys who do not know, uh, it's called Contention, right? Yes. And uh, where can people uh, view it? Um, they can watch it on YouTube. It's All you have to type, is, type in is Contention, and after that, type in a short film, and you'll find it. All right, perfect, perfect. And there's also behind that, they have uh, our director, Ramir Griffin. He also put in uh, behind the scenes of it also shortly after. So you can see the behind the scenes of the movie and all that, and it's really exciting. Yeah, and that's, and that's smart, too, to put the behind the scenes to it. Like, I, I've been... Once I'm done school, I'm going to start really digging into this podcast and stuff and really get like behind the scenes and everything, mm-hmm. just ways to market and advertise. 
Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of photography and stuff, do you have any like cool places where you shot before? So yeah, my, so I've shot in, obviously I shot in, there's a studio called Concept Studios out in Delaware, which is really awesome. Oh, I know Delaware. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, and it wasn't too far. It was like only 25 minutes from the Cabrini area. It was really nice there. Um, I shot, I shoot a lot of Center City. I have like one of my favorite posts is uh, of uh, the Center City building right straight up in the middle. And it was, it was like low light, so it was nighttime. It was really great. I uh, shot in Chinatown. Um, honestly, I've, I've really shot in all over. Uh, I mostly go in the city because I feel like that that's where I can get the most unique mm -hmm. pictures. But yeah, I mean, I've only been doing it since June and I feel like I got some a lot of good pictures out of it. And it's something just to do uh, on the side. It's, it, if I can make some extra money, that's cool. I mean, it's really just a fun thing. And I feel like it's also good to have an extra like skill in your repertoire when it, uh, when it also comes to applying to jobs, like seeing that you can do, uh, you're multifaceted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely mentioned a great point. And uh, also, uh, I really like that you're getting into like freelance and stuff. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I know like uh, traditionally everyone talks about the nine to five job and right. and and that's the way how you're supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like stability and stuff where when people when we talk about self-employment and you talk about like freelancing, a lot of people get scared because it's nothing real like consistent. Right. Um, so tell me a little bit about like like where are you in terms of like freelance and like are you just starting or so yeah um since i since I'm, i just started in june i'm like just now really charging people um before i was doing everything for free just to build my portfolio but now since i have a sense of what i can do what like my capabilities and what i can create i'm gonna start charging people now and also because the fact that um this is a side gig so it's not like my main mm -hmm. focus. So I'm okay for not shooting for a while if no one wants to pay me. Just the fact that, and yeah, of course I'll throw in some free shoots. It's depending on who it is and if they're, they're, we're good, we have a good relationship and all. So it's a lot of uh, factors that come in uh, attack. But I mean, like I said, I'm not uh, worried about getting all the uh, getting the money situated because I'm. I'm focusing on social media and that's what I really love to do. And I've learned so much from uh, here at Cabrini uh, and being certified in both HubSpot and Google Analytics, it's really great. And um, my goal for that is to eventually work for, um, my my like direct goal would be to be a, on a social media coordinator for the 76ers. Cause you know, I love sports, mm -hmm. I love the Sixers. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, and it's perfect transition cause you mentioned about the Sixers, you wanna work for the Sixers and, mm -hmm. Uh, talking about a Philly native, I uh, went to Lower Marion High School, yeah. Kobe Bryant. Uh, this was rough uh, for both me and Matt. I noticed Matt posted a lot on social media and stuff. So I was like, it's so much for me to just talk about it by myself without me getting, because I can go on and on about it. I feel like it'd be great to have a conversation with someone about this. So I reached out to Matt literally last night, asked if him to come on. Matt came on flying colors. Um, but yeah, we got to get into some Kobe Bryant talk because... He he wasn't just great on the court. He was great off the court. He was a great He was really getting into entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. uh, investing, um, and that's why we sort of started the podcast off with that because that's what Kobe's message really spread um, globally. Mm -hmm. um, so Matt, my first question to you is: What are what do you think's Kobe? What like it's, and it's a, it's gonna be a tough question, but what do you think Kobe's greatest impact was like to you? Like what was his best impact to you? To me. 
Oh, that is a really tough question. Like you said, I mean, you have his sports moments, countless, countless sports moments. But something that has really just stuck with me is honestly his mentality. The Mamba mentality has meant so much to me because uh, I look at him and I also look at my father, uh, just a, a small snippet of my father. Um, he's one of uh, eight children. Um, his mother was an immigrant. Um, one story, one floor house, um, and he worked his butt off, only wanted to go to college, and now he's obviously a very successful uh, salesman. Um, and so I compare him to Kobe because Kobe worked his butt off also. You know, he was in Italy, and, and obviously Kobe is so talented. And so he was, he also played uh, soccer as well, but he was so talented with anything he did. He, like, he could, he could do so much and succeed, but the main reason it wasn't like he had talent, obviously. Oh, beyond yeah. <laughs> talent in basketball but the real thing that separated him from the the rest of being a legendary a legend and a champion is his work ethic working like we've talked about uh him working at 3 a.m 4 a.m talk calling up his trainer like he would his work ethic really made him the black mamba and like so many people know he he, he had no friends on the court as he as you shouldn't be as a competitor so i mean his mama mentality really stuck out to me the most yeah, and, and I couldn't agree with you more because that Mamba mentality, like I get into sports psychology a lot and what separates the good players from the great players is that mental aspect of the game. Um, you think about it now, like Giannis is really starting to take mm -hmm. steps and really starting to get that Mamba mentality. Um, it's the ability of just being able to play without fear, like no regrets, um, working hard. Like yeah. I, I listen to stories on the radio and – I mean, I have no personal stories, but like just it can be as simple as shooting trash in, yeah. into the trash can. I always yell 100%. Kobe. Like, yeah. And I still do to this day, even when even though and, and I got in a heated argument with someone because they started yelling Steph. Oh, and I, I was like, I was like, I get it. Steph Curry's probably going to be the greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. So I understand your reasoning. But I was like, you can't you can't. Yeah. Ball, game on the line, final shot, clutch. Kobe. It, it's yeah, Kobe. 100%. Steph is nowhere close to Kobe when it comes to clutch moments. So, I, like, just 100%. from small moments to that, to just to just big moments, like investing. Like, what really got me was his eagerness to know and to learn new information. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't limit himself to just basketball. Like, we're, like, like a lot of athletes right, do. Like, right. they'll just when you think of an athlete, oh, he just played this one sport, right? But no, it's beyond that. Like a lot of people have to get out of that mindset of they're just athletes. Remember, right. remember the whole campaign, oh shut up and dribble. Like uh, that got that, me so mad. <laughs> it, it, it like like little stuff like that was just ridiculous. Yeah. Like and especially because it was really aimed at LeBron James, of course. Mm -hmm. And this man does every. Obviously, this is a Kobe podcast, but they're saying LeBron has done so much for his community. And like LeBron and Kobe, they're really smart. They know. They know a lot, and it's not just about their, their basketball IQ. They, they don't, like you said, limit themselves to just basketball. They know politics. They know what's going on around the world. Like uh, Kobe Bryant specifically, he, he has done so much, especially in Asia, like going every summer having a camp there or something like that. So, And if you've seen like the tributes they've done in the Philippines, so they had a really big one. They, did, they painted a mural on a basketball court for him and his daughter, Gigi. So it's just it shows you how much of an impact he has had, not just in uh, not just in Los Angeles, not just in Philadelphia, but globally. And it's really amazing. Yeah, I know. And I wanted to give you I wanted to ask you your, your personal question about um, 
What do you think was Kobe Kobe Bryant's biggest moment on the court? Like, was it his 81 point game or his one of his finals championships? That's a great. Question. What moment on the court really defined Kobe's? Because I mean, I can give you mine just to give you some context. For me, it was uh, the 2010 Finals Game Seven. He was having an awful shooting night, and then he just he hit the clutch shots, the big shots when it counted. Like he he was awful on the floor. Yeah throughout the game but in the clutch in the moments he really showed up and that really defined Kobe and from his first playoff series where he airballed in Utah mm -hmm. and yep exactly it started to yeah. where he was when he won his last championship yeah just shows the growth in the in the hard work um so. that's funny because I was I, that's actually that whole series was really a big highlight for me um a lot of people throw 81 with Kobe which I, which is obviously a great performance but even that, like as great as that was, I feel, I feel like that whole the whole series, the 2010 series, was just amazing. Cause, like I don't know if you remember, um, there was an interview he had, uh, a comp press conference, and they were up 2-0, right? Mm -hmm. And they were, and one of the uh, reporters asked him, Kobe, why aren't you happy? You're up 2-0. He's like, What's there to be happy about? It's not done yet. And there's a perfect example of the Mamba mentality. And obviously, the series went the length. And I mean. He he is so he was so clutch and if you look at his clutch clutch moments he is I mean they have a whole list and he is just so clutch of a player nothing phases him I mean and then actually honestly now that I think about it one like now that I think about it, I'm gonna change my answer actually that's the, good the, the, the I think the one moment that stuck out to me the most was when he tore his Achilles a ruptured his Achilles and then he hit that free throw that just meant so much of the passion the heart and how much he loved the sport. Yeah, no, and, and that's another great memory because you you rupture your Achilles, and he it was a close game, mm -hmm. and at that time the Lakers were fighting for a playoff spot. He was playing 48 minutes a game. I, I believe he played three straight games, the whole way, 48 mm -hmm. minutes the whole way, and you knew like he was 35, 36 years right. old. His body, you can't play 48 minutes every single game right. for for like weeks for like a week stretch, and it, you, you can tell like. He really gave it his all, and mm -hmm. basketball really was like he—he he, it was his life. Like yeah. he working out at 4 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I listened to 97.5 The Fanatic all the time, mm -hmm. and they actually had a couple interviews. A couple guys that went to St. Joe's. Like oh, wow. he was in high school cooking up against. Uh, he was cooking on the college students in uh, mm -hmm. St. Joe's, and he was in high school. I forget uh, who the first round pick was for the Sixers. Um, I forget his name. I'll, I'll, I'll have to look it up. But Kobe was schooling him in, in high wow. school, and he was a first-round pick. And right. people were like, oh, no, like, That's how crazy. are you schooling him in, in the first-round pick? But, I mean, just saying out his resume, he's a five-time champion, two-time finals MVP. In my opinion, probably should have – I mean, Shaq, I, I always tell people Kobe's first three rings – I would equate that to how Steph and KD were. Mm -hmm. Like Steph averaged 29, 9, and 8. Right. But it's just KD was just like, it's just KD is was averaging 30-something. Crazy. That, that's how it was with Shaq and Kobe. Kobe was averaging 29, 9, and 8. It's just Shaq was averaging 30. Yeah, like that, exactly. that's literally what the difference was. Um, but fourth all-time in scoring now. I mean, when he passed MJ, I was so happy for him. Like, oh, so excited! And did you see what Wiggins did? He put the I, the free the ball in the free throw. Yes, line. That, that was amazing. Like his whole resume just speaks legend, and then winning an Oscar. Yeah, and and uh, being a great father, like great. Oh my god! Like the videos of him and his daughter too. That's what really got me was 
Like a lot, of, you don't really see that, you know. Yeah. Especially a lot from athletes and stuff currently, because there's a lot of athletes that do have children. Right. Yeah. But like you see a legend like Kobe do that with his child and stuff, and, and I mean, it was never perfect with him. Like no, I mean, oh my God. yeah, because I mean, him and his wife had their had their ups and downs. Right. Like even think of like we were talking about it and like a uh, and like before we started the podcast, like it wasn't like Tim Duncan where it was the Spurs. They won fifty games every year. They were the one or two seed every right, year. Yeah. Consistent consistency. Kobe went through a peak with Shaq, and then he had those couple years where he had Kwame Brown. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And just a terrible team. And then he uh, Stephen A. Smith talked about it. He actually the only time Kobe wanted to leave was in 07. Because that was, he was like, the late, we're just not getting oh, better. That. Yeah. And he talked to Stephen A. Smith on the radio about it. And then that's when the Lakers went out. They got Pal Gasol. Mm-hmm. They got Andrew Bynum. I, and, I, I remember the, uh, he said in a, an interview, he was like, I would rather play on uh, Mars than play with this Lakers team. Yeah. When going through those struggles. And it, it's just amazing. Like, and like you said, they got Pal, they got Bynum. But like in reality, like, dude, he was just, him alone was so consistent throughout those uh 15 20 years just amazing i mean it's it's crazy yeah i know and then i mean as just like thinking about it just the peaks and valleys but like you said he was the one consistent his work ethic was always consistent and i mean him and his wife they grew together they Mm -hmm. met at 17 like I noticed that a lot about basketball players, like the really famous basketball players that have wives, mm-hmm. like LeBron married yeah. his high school sweetheart. Yep, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of others. Like Westbrook met his wife oh, in yeah. college. Wow. Like they meet their wives young. Cause yeah. like you got to think about it. Like it's like being a wife for a professional mm-hmm. athlete, like the amount of travel they have, like, once you find a, a loyal one, like Ben Simmons is. is going through it right now. Yeah, let's, 100%. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's he broke real. up with Kylie Jenner twice now, or yeah. like they're going up and down. Like, I just I just noticed that too. I feel really bad for his family too, because I mean I don't know yeah, how you would like just imagine like I'd be hard. I mean it's it's hard enough being a, a just a fan. I mean I and it, it's and having Gigi that that really like you said that has really made it so much harder like it, it was going to be hard enough regardless because Kobe but having his daughter and seeing their relationship like they went to so many basketball games whether it was WNBA NBA they've, they've done it all and it's just so sad I mean and their relationship was so tight and watching the I was watching the 60 point game last night and you just see his like he was being so quirky during the game and like giving winks and being like sticking his tongue out at them just being goofy and you can tell his personality was really coming out in that game and like whether it was like you say his first game of his career to his last game of his career he worked just as hard for every single minute yeah yeah and I mean I mean a lot of players um like reacted to it like AI Mm-hmm. I know he said his tribute. Um, it was great seeing them two battle, especially early in AI's career. Oh my god! It, it was great. And then, uh, oh man, like Shaq, like just imagine being Shaq too. That's like, tough. That's when, really tough. They were so close. Yes. Um, I mean, him. They've watched each other, each other's kids play basketball for so long. Whether it was Sharif, Gigi. I mean, there's just. And Shaq was saying in the post, he was saying, I lost a brother, I lost an, a niece. And it's just, I can't imagine. Yeah, now, in terms of, like, your all-time, like, superstar greats and stuff, is Kobe your number one? 
uh, uh, can you ask me again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So out of all like the players, athletes, celebrities, Kobe's your number one, just out of curiosity. Out of every single athlete I've ever paid attention to, he, there's honestly a tie. It's between him and I'm a huge tennis person, Roger Federer. Those are the two that, I mean, it's like I said, it felt it would like this death was so cl like close to me. It felt like that was my own family member. Like I'm sure I felt like a lot of people like that, but it was just so crazy because me and my like I actually saw him play live, which was a dream for me, um, in Wells Fargo, and yeah. So I would say he's one and two right there. How about you? Uh, yeah, that yeah, that's a great question. Uh, for me, I mean, he's definitely up there. Um, I, I've always been a big motivational guy. Um, Ray Lewis has always been up there mm. for me just because of like his message and I mean he's also had his ups and downs too for sure. and, and I mean I, I really like players that that really have to work and really have like I really I love AI like he's up there um, it's just what got me was he didn't really practice as much right, and yeah. that's why he's like I love AI's like in game but I'm like you have to practice you have to work that's why I love Jimmy Butler in Philly I oh, thought it was the perfect yeah. I loved him fit too. I thought it was the perfect fit um, like and and I, that's why I like I, re I really have a lot of respect for LeBron too like growing up without mm -hmm. a father oh yeah and to just be the player that he is now like mm -hmm. I I have I have respect. To answer your question, I don't really have a top, but I have respect for players that have that have had to overcome so much just to get to where they are. For sure. And and then that constant wanting to be great. I can't stand people or players that settle. Oh, 100%. Um, so many, too. So many. Yeah, and, and, like, you see the talent, but they just don't want to bring it. Yeah. So, I mean, I love the guys that just bring it every night no matter what. Um, I mean, I know if I was in the 90s, I would have probably loved Jordan just because mm -hmm. he was that type of player. Like, he was going to put up shots regardless. He didn't care who guarded you. Like, yeah. So, I mean, to answer your question, I would probably go Kobe's probably in my top five. Yeah. Um, just because out of respect. I mean, I, and I know Philly's had his moments of booing and stuff. Right. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. In fact, there was even an article in Delaware Online that I was on Twitter and stuff. It got like so many people are like, you really like right now, like they were talking about his his uh, his charge that he got in, oh, yeah. in, in 03. Oh, yeah. And we're like, why are you talking about this now? It got like 250 retweets and then they deleted the the article. Mm. And we're like, you showed your true colors there. And, that's okay. and also, yeah. like, that's just like the most irrelevant thing. Mm -hmm. Like. Even even the case itself was what really early two thousands, right? Yeah. So I mean, you know, some people are just like that. They, and that's pure disrespect. Like he, he just died Sunday. There's no need to bring that up. And it's like, and also the no one has even spoken about the in a long time. So what's the oh, point yeah. of bringing it up anyway? Yeah, and the person that was alleged, like that, mm -hmm. like she even admitted that it was not true. Yeah. And I mean, even knowing that Kobe still. Like what he's done with the women's game of basketball, like he embraced what even he's like, even if he like he knows that he didn't even do it. Right. But he still apologized publicly and he showed growth from that. Like mm -hmm. he started being more involved in the women's game, the WNBA. Like you're seeing like female athletes in college that are literally talking about his impact. And yeah, for sure. Like that again, like that's just another example. That's why I wanted to bring it up, because like he took on that. And he just grew from it. He learned from it. Yeah. Like, that's what you're supposed to do as people when you make mistakes. Right. Whether or not you do it or not, like, if you make a mistake, 
being able to embrace it mm-hmm. and then grow from it. Like 100%. it's a it's a perfect example of resiliency. Yeah. Like, and that's one of the things I really try. Like once I'm done school and become a sports psychologist, like that's what I really want to get into. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, other other moments of Kobe that really like stuck out to you, just out of curiosity. Um. I'm trying to think. Like yeah. I said, like you brought up his motivation. I've watched, I mean, I have so many uh, things that I've wa- I've been watching recent. Obviously, you see all the posts. Um, just his mentor, uh, how big of a mentor he was to really Kyrie Irving. He was a really big part of his life. Um, even Giannis, like I mentioned, uh, he actually deleted his Instagram, I think, because the news came out. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, obviously, the 81 points, huge deal. Um, and you said you were you just watching that game the other night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right now, I think um, they're showing all of Kobe's like big games on NBA TV. So if you guys okay. are haven't known known that yet, definitely. Yeah, you um, gotta. I mean, I mean, I remember also throughout my high school, I always had a, like a free period. Uh, like so, everyone in the school had a free period, and I was just get my food. I would go to the library and just always watch Kobe highlights. Like, however, I mean, whether it was the the banked in shot over D Wade, which was just ecstatic. I mean, and also uh, D Wade's tribute was really moving, and he mentioned how like when he came into the league, his goal was to chase Kobe, and then once uh, Kobe retired, he. I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know how sh- long after K, uh, D Wade retired. But um, he was—he basically said, "Once Kobe retired, I have nothing left to chase." And so you can tell just the respect that the two had for each other, and obviously both being Hall of Fame shooting guards, it was just really a nice moment. And that video that uh, he put on Instagram was really moving because you can just tell how close they were. And also, did you see um, Mike Tirico talk about the Gordon Hayward free throw? Oh on yeah, the, yes. that was crazy. Um, so yeah, just Mike Tirico saying that. Uh, Gordon Hayward uh, put his foot in the lane to get a lane violation on the the uh, could be 60th point on the against the Jazz um, to make sure if he missed you had an extra shot. Obviously he made it, and he uh, said like today he said he denied it, but like yeah, obviously we, we all know. <laughs> yeah, of course it's just you can tell the respect so many players have for Kobe. I mean seeing Devin Booker on the court just crying like it's such an emotional day for players and they had to play like literally minutes after they find out yeah i know and and now and i just have a couple more questions like with that like do you think that the nba should have like canceled all their games yeah um for that day a hundred percent um like um i mean mind you these players whether they looked up to him or actually knew him in some sort of uh way like that is so emotional i couldn't how can i possibly stay focused to actually win a game and mind you these games all add up at the end so every game is important in the nba so i just i would have liked to see adam silver cancel at least those games because it's just so emotional and it's it's hard it's really hard to like think i mean i was even carmelo was even talking about like he had to really get himself together to come back in the game like in mellow oh my gosh he was playing throughout when he was in his prime playing kobe like those were battles too so it's just like i don't know how i don't know how they played honestly i like I'm, I'm at least they postponed the lakers game i think i mean that's gonna that's, on friday yeah that's, that i'm, game's I'm watching that whole game that's all i can say yeah and and also like chris paul didn't even play last night oh really yeah, yeah, i didn't notice was, that yeah, because uh, 
yeah, Chris Paul uh, said that he, uh, he didn't even play. Like, he told his coach that he, this, it's the only game he's missed all year, too. Wow. He was like, and he's been he's been very underrated this year, yeah, Chris he's, Paul. Yeah, he played really well against the who the Rockets. Yeah. He played insane. Like, the, I forget how many he had in the first half, <laughs> but he was, like, cooking. All right, but but last couple questions. We'll get into some Sixers talk a little bit because, obviously, I know we can talk about Kobe all the time. For sure. For all day, especially just his impact and stuff. I mean, the Sixers ended up getting a big win against the Los Angeles Lakers. This mm-hmm. is, and this is what's unfortunate because Ben Simmons probably had one of his best games of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it seems like whenever LeBron's on the court, though, Simmons has he shows up like yeah. 29, 29 points, uh, I believe, ten rebounds, eight assists, five steals. Mm. Um, how do you feel about the Sixers currently? I know right now this year has been it's been rocky. Yeah, very rocky. <laughs> probably pulled a lot of probably giving me a lot of gray hairs and for sure. Just because it's been up and down. But how do you feel about the Sixers and uh, their chances? Um, I feel really good about their chances. Um, if they can play, like obviously this is the perfect scenario. If they play like they did in the first half, they can they can win it. Like. They just have to like what happens a lot. I mean, this is why when they when I saw them play such a great first half, I was like, all right, Matt, let me relax because I know how they are when they have big leads in the third and fourth quarter. They always like to they, not that they like to do it, but they blow the lead like we saw in the fourth quarter. We had a what was it? We were up twenty two. Next thing you know, we're only up by five. Yeah. So if and we, we did close, we did close yeah, we did close. <laughs> I mean, Al Horford came up pretty big at the end. So um, you know, as long as we can just stay composed throughout the game and obviously this has to do with coaching as well i mean a lot of times we see that teams go on runs and we don't call a timeout for you know till the run's over um so we have we can really we can win it all 100 uh, percent. like we have the team our team is really strong or good throughout um it just has to come down to experience and maturity and uh not having as many turnovers as we have so, but if we can get that under uh, control, we can definitely win it all. Yeah, yeah, and and I actually agree with you. Um, now I know a lot of people. Um, I know a lot of people have talked about trade Simmons, trade Embiid. Um, I'm not. I'm not one of those guys. I know you're not one of those right. guys. Um, do you think that this would, if the Sixers, what do you think it's going to take for the Sixers to fire Brett Brown? Um, that's a great question because uh, they have a really close relationship. <laughs> so. Um, I'll I'll say this. Um, if I was uh, I'm not the higher up in the Sixers organization, I would fire him if we didn't go to the. I mean, at least if we didn't go to the conference finals, at least we should. I think we no question we should be there, even yeah. though our record obviously in the standings isn't great. Mind you, the standings are so close, tight. Like everyone within like the first seven or five six spots is like two or two and a half games, with the exception of the Bucks. Um, so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that was a good answer. It was a little <laughs> challenging because, I mean, I've heard people talk about fire him at the All-Star break. I've heard people fire him if oh. they don't go to the finals, fire if they don't go to the conference finals. So that's why I just wanted to make sure and stuff. But, Matt, it's been great talking to you real quick. But before we wrap it up, um, again, tell everyone like what you like to do, um, where they can find you on social media, and then you got to give your swoop. You got to give me a swoop. Okay. So, so, all right. Uh, it's been it's Matthew Maria. Um, like I said, I'm a freelance photographer. Um, 
And you know, uh, you can find me on Instagram. At, I got two accounts. My personal account is the official Maddie D, the official Maddie D, and my uh, photographer account, photography account is Visuals by the Goat, and it's Visuals by the Goat. And one more time, swoop. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Of All course, right, have a good you. one. You too.